Welcome to the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. We're going to explore ways to sharpen our diagnostic skills, find learning resources, and hear from experts in the automotive field. Hey, what's going on, automotive world? This is the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. My name is Sean Tipping. I will be your host today on the show today. I have a special guest joining me. He's been on the show a couple times before, so you should be familiar with Tommy Oliva, trained by Tex. Uh, Tommy's going to join me today to talk all about keys. Uh, the last time he was on the podcast, we talked programming, and we did touch on keys a little bit and LSID and stuff like this, uh, but today we're really going to dive in to what you would need, maybe why you would need it, but also what you're going to need in order to cut and program keys to vehicles as you service them. And of course, we're running into this more and more. Even if you don't cut the keys, uh, you have to deal with programming keys to some sort of module at some point or another. Even if you're just replacing something like the engine control computer, um, you're dealing with uh, reprogramming keys in certain circumstances. So um, it benefits us as technicians to have knowledge, uh, to know what's coming. You know, when you go into a service, am I going to have to call somebody into the shop, a locksmith or a mobile programmer to do this? Or can I purchase some equipment and do it all in-house, you know, or, you know, increase my abilities so that I can offer services to other shops in the area is another possibility. So um, there's a lot of potential here, and I see the need for it growing uh, as time goes on. So uh, I'm excited to get into this interview with Tommy. Uh, let's jump right in. All right. What's going on, Tommy? What's up, my dude? Uh, not much, not much. Just staying warm in the Arctic tundra up here, you know. <laughs> uh, you know what, man? I complain a lot, bro. But man, it's—I know you guys get it—you guys get it colder than we do. But holy crap, man, it's cold. Yeah, so, it's chilly. It's freaking. Take this weather back, please, sir. Because uh, <laughs> I am not interested, homie. I'm a tropical people's. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it sure helps with the the cars breaking all the time, though. So it, yeah, that's it's just that's. A, for sure huge influx this week of uh everything yeah no that's definitely broken either it's too hot or too cold and cars just do not like either of them <laughs> yeah that's right they they need that perfect uh 70 degree weather i don't know Is i don't there? know what state you live in for that but <laughs> it's california <laughs> <laughs> i got i gotta imagine they still break there too it doesn't it doesn't really matter yeah true very very true sir What's your puppy's name? Chubbies. <laughs> Chubbies. <laughs> hey, what's up, Chubbs? So, he wants to be a part of the podcast today. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to learn about keys. Yeah, man. Actually, he wants some of my snacks that I had. <laughs> of course. <laughs> that's that's why I close the door to the room when I record because I got three dogs and they'd be all over me. Bro, you see this little this little dog man? He has. He has an attitude of a pit, dude. He won't stop. He won't shut up until I pick him up. <laughs> That's how most of the little dogs are. Is uh-huh. they they're, they're dominant. They're like, I'm tougher than you. I don't care if you're twice my size. <laughs> Our next door neighbor lady has a mutt, and she uh, 
It's the sweetest thing ever. And I try to get them to play one day and this punk bitter. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, let's uh let's talk about some keys. Yes, sir. My I locked I locked myself out of my van. What do I do? <laughs> what do I call? <laughs> you call call a locksmith or call or, or use the universal key. <laughs> a hammer. <laughs> yeah, break the window. <laughs> so um I got a little Ford Transit Connect and it's got the the Tibby keys? Yeah, exactly. So it's mm-hmm. it's like a Jaguars. I always considered a yeah. Jaguar style key, right? Mm-hmm. And so when I bought the van, I only got one key. And of course I want a spare because yeah, 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 I'm going to lock my keys in there at some point or another or lose something. It's just the way it goes. And I was looking what it costs to cut one of those keys. And it's not cheap. You can't just take this thing to the hardware store because it's a special style. So <laughs> I, I'm a really uh, cheap person when it comes to my own stuff. So I ordered a key. You can get a blank for, you know, six, seven bucks. And I, I looked up the profile of the key and like how it was cut and stuff. And yeah, the tools to to cut it. I saw what it was out there, but (laughs) I actually took, (laughs) I took a file and I filed down this blank (laughs) to match my key (laughs) and it works. It opens the door. And so I have a spare. <laughs> that's great, man. I, th- that's not what I'm suggesting to people that are listening to the podcast, but well, <laughs> that's what well I how did. do we let's let's remedy your situation, man? Okay. Yeah, what do we do? <laughs> well, I mean, I can speak on my own experience, man. I a lot of there's a there's a, a, a I don't want to suck and I put this. There right now in the industry, there's kind of like this this little I call it a divide between locksmiths and VSPs, vehicle service professionals. Um, I feel that it's just an evolution of, you know, the vehicle, like, you know, security systems and mobilizer systems are now interfering with the way we do our job. So it's adapt or die. And this is actually one of the issues I've had with locksmiths is that is because they, they're very tight-lipped about, you know, this information. They're very uptight about sharing it. But I feel like just like we need to adapt and survive, they need to do the same. I I know a lot of locksmiths that I that they help me with the locks, like the actual mechanical locksmithing part of the industry, but I always help them with the programming side of things. And I think that's where my natural progression as a, as a diac tech has led me to get into keys. You know, it's just, it makes, it's, it just makes sense. I mean, like, I'll give you an example. What do you charge for, for a diag? Let's say a typical, you know, let's say a regular diag. Let's say you, you diag something in 30 minutes. What's your fee? Yeah. GM. So, so yeah. So if I'm going out to a shop to do it, I'm driving to them, it's going to be $120 for a diagnosis. Mm-hmm. If I hit an hour, things will change, but that's my flat fee for coming out, whether it's a fuse or whatever. All right. So. Perfect example. Uh, late, later model express fans, right? You went and you diagnosed a vehicle uh, theft deterrent module that's, that's, you know, causing the vehicle not to start. Boom. Okay. You made 120 bucks. Um, okay. Well, now, not only did you, you know, you diagnosed it, you diagnosed a bad component that needs to be programmed. What do you charge for programming? Depends on the vehicle. 
Well, the same vehicle. We're working on one vehicle. We're working on a 2014 Chevrolet Express. Okay. Uh, it's a Chevy. It's uh, what am I doing for GM right now? That's, so that's 140 for, uh, okay, for a programming event on one of those. Cool. All right. So now you go back, right? You hook up your, you know, your pass through SPS, you log in, you pay your stupid 40 bucks, you know, boom, you're done. Okay, cool. Hey, man. Car doesn't start. Um, oops. Oh, snaps. There's a code in the engine saying he not learned. Huh. But we have a key. It's, oh, let me read some service information. Oh, snap. When doing a VTD module, you need a new key. Oh man, Mr. Mr. Shop, I need a key. Oh, where do I get one? Oh, well, now you have to go to the dealer. And if you didn't, if you didn't put it in learn mode, you have to come back and learn the key. So now you have to make an extra trip. Now you get into locksmithing. Oh yeah, you know we need a key. You know here it's, you know whatever. Me for example, I, I take that as. Uh, I take that as a, an ex- example because it, it kind of just happened to me. The difference is I knew I needed a key. So I was already, I already forewarned the customer that you know, if you need a key, it's going to be, you know, X amount of dollars more. Um, everybody's market is different. My market is actually pretty bad when it comes to keys. We have a lot of unlicensed locksmiths. We have a lot of, you know, we call the fly-by-nighter type doing, you know, keys for 40, 50, 60 bucks. So it, it's, it's, it's really hard to compete, but I, I market to the shops who know me. And um, so I, you know, OEM keys, but there's really good profit in keys, man. I mean, you, you charge for the cut. You, if you, me, for example, I don't charge, if I'm doing it there, I don't charge for a second programming. I, I roll that into the, to how much I mark up my key, which is pretty substantial. Okay. Cause you know, if it's a, you know, B111 typical PK circle plus key for GM, you can buy for like six bucks for an OEM key, you know, sell it for like $80 or whatever. So that's, you know, that's pretty good profit for, you know, five, six minutes of extra cutting the key. Right. And it, yeah, that's been part of my challenge is I, I try to do my legwork ahead of time to find out, am I going to need new keys or multiple keys in order to finish this but, programming? If it's PCM, Let's be real here. How many times do you actually, you know, sit there and look at service information when you're in the middle of a busy day? I mean, I've, it's happened to me before when I show up and, and especially Ford, it's like, it's a, it's, it's, I've actually conditioned my customers to expect a second key, mm-hmm. you know, cause I don't know. There's some transit that require them. There's some Fords that require some, some F-150s that require it. There's some McConnell lines that don't require it. Which one's which? I don't know. You know I mean? Right. I, because service information is wrong. I've I've proven that it does. It's not reliable. You go into all data. You go into BCM, and they'll they'll be a, there's there's like a couple of right instructions, but they're just generic. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's that's been my issue. I don't know about you, but I've had that issue with Ford's that some of them require two keys, some don't, and it's not. There's no really set. It's just experience teaches you which ones need it, which ones don't. Exactly. Yeah. Where, yeah. Where does the security live? Which modules it in? And I, I you know, for the, that, it's, that has depended on which one you need two keys and which one you don't. But for me, I, I don't cut keys or anything yet. I'm looking to get into it. Um, I feel like it's, you know, an opportunity for me to, instead of telling them, go get this key, get it cut, 
call me, I'll come back, we'll program it in. I could just cut the key, program it and be done. Or even key fobs in some cases, like Ford BCMs, it'd be nice if I just had the fobs in my van. So that's kind of the way I'm looking to to gear up to be just ready for that. Because like you said, it's just part of our job now. Yeah. I'm back. Okay. I was like, what'd I do? <laughs> no, my internet sucks. Uh, I have um, CenturyLink and they hate, hate me or something. So that <laughs> happens. You good now? Uh, I think we're good now. <laughs> All um, right. Where, where'd you lose me? Uh, I said, um, the last thing I said was you need LSID to program like a steering column module on something. And then I just seen your face. <laughs> you <froze. laughs> I was really surprised. Yeah, the LSID is a whole nother uh, side to it where um, you have to be prepared for that. And the the cost of purchasing the LSID, um, I, hopefully you have insurance if you're doing this uh, as mm-hmm. you know your own business. Of course, that's an expense. But then manufacturers want money for the key tokens or the yeah. in codes or you know, whatever they call it for that specific brand. So, right. of course, that, that's an added cost, but you can build that into the job. But it's just yeah. another thing you want to be prepared for when you're going into this. Oh no, definitely, man! It, it's it, you really don't realize how much of a its own uh, art form is locksmithing, man. There's there's a lot that goes wrong, man, that you just don't have any idea about. And like I said, it's it was for me, it was challenging because it was really hard to find some like support for like um even like what, what the numbers are, blade numbers, chip numbers. It's um, it's definitely a whole different ballgame. And now, when you're talking about like the mechanical aspect, um, it's it's really really interesting. Like I um, I ended up buying a car cheap <laughs> just to practice on it. Uh, um, this young lady lost her key for a 2001 Toyota Sienna, um, and. You know that's an ex- it's a pretty expensive job. You have to pull the ECM, you have to versionize it, and then um, create a new key. And um, so when you do that, um, it's you have to you know first of all you have to get the the, the lock code. So on this particular model, um, I did a little bit of research beforehand, um, and I said you know I, I gave the lady a price, and I actually gave her something of a somewhat of a cheaper price because I really wanted to do it. Like okay. I had never had a chance to do an all keys lost on a, you know, pre OBD, like pre track stream Toyota vehicle. Um, so it was a, I spent half a day on this thing <laughs> because okay. it was just one roadblock after the other. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed a spot. So she was just like, Oh, you know, that's a lot of money. I'm like, well, why don't you let me know what you want to do? And I guess she shopped around and saw that I actually was cheaper, but it was still more than she wanted to spend. So she said she was just going to junk it. And I said, well, I'll give you a scrap price for the car right now. So I didn't see it, you know, for, for the practice. And then I just, I'll scrap this thing. I don't care. Um, so she agreed and I had it towed to the shop and uh, I ended up, it, my, I have a buddy named Hector out in California who um, I've taught some programming things to, I've done programming for him remote and I've taught him a few things and he's a pretty, pretty smart locksmith. So he's helped me, like he's 
awesome. Like he'll 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 stop and he'll help me out. And he he walked. He kind of babied me through um, the process. And then my other buddy Pedro the Latour actually um, he helped me. You know, it's called virginizing the the ECM. He helped me to do that part. Um, but I hadn't. I never. Like I said, I've never done it before. I've. I mean, I've copied and pasted pasted those Toyota modules that like the immobilizer information. I've done that with no problems. Um, so it's uh pretty. It's pretty. It, it was. It was fun. But I. I ended up. What I ended up doing was I. I took the door jam apart. I. I had to decode the tumbler. Once okay. I did that, um, I got the cut code, but. You know, I had a little bit of technical difficulties with my machine. Um, I finally got the key right, got the ignition to start, and then the last part was yanking the PCM. The ignition to turn, I'm sorry, I didn't get to start. Um, once I got the ignition to turn, I got took the PCM out, and I actually used uh, a super chip to make a key because I didn't have okay. that. I didn't have that correct key. So it was uh, a nice, lengthy process, but it was very educational. Yeah, no kidding. Um, so for the, uh, I got a couple questions on that. For the mm-hmm. actual PCM part, is that something where you're taking, you're you're going onto the board on an EEPROM, or are you taking an EEPROM off the board, or well, where this are you one, getting I've, that? I've read it. It's called in circuit. Okay. So I just went in circuit. I read the. Um, it's it's a. It's a, I forget the chip. It's IC nine hundred chip. It's the IC nine hundred chip. Um, okay. You read it. And there's a there's some information out there in terms of what what you're looking for. Basically, you're going into the hex and you're just rewriting. What tool uh, are you using to connect to that EEPROM? That one I use the IM six hundred eight. Okay. Okay. That one I use I use that one. That one's I don't recommend um, I don't recommend that one too much for a lot of people because it it does have its issues. You just have to um, you have to have redundancies in place if you're new. Um, there's, I think there's better equipment out there to handle that job. The, the, the auto, when it comes to reading in circuit, like on the board, it can, it can cause you some issues if you don't know the exact way of doing it. Okay. Well, that, so that's, that's funny you say that. So I had a seven or oh seven Sienna recently where the shop replaced the PCM with obviously a used one. The existing vehicle had a metal blade key no no anti-theft equipped on the actual Mm -hmm. vehicle the pcm that they replaced it with had anti-theft that the van it came out of so of course it's not going to start and they called me to program it that was what i was called in to do and i think on that one outside of the anti-theft it's just right in the vin but i i realized quickly that (laughs) this is a metal blade key obviously there's no anti-theft here so i i have the the I am 508 and mm-hmm. then I have the XP 400 and I tried reading it on the, the EEPROM. I found the EEPROM with some help from people in Facebook and I could not read it in circuit and mm-hmm. maybe I was doing something wrong, but I actually had to desolder it from the board, put it into that tool. And then I was you know, able to read it, clear it and uh, copy out the, uh, the data from the other one. Uh, which was pretty straightforward at that point, but yeah. yeah, I had to take that EEPROM off the board, which, which, yeah, you know, is uh, that's a, little, a lot of work when you get into that point. Did you? What chip family was it? Ah, uh, boy, 
93 something 56. 56. I, I could be off on those numbers. 56? I, I, I think actually, so. I can read that one in circuit, man. Did you clean it off? Probably not. <laughs> Probably yeah. not well enough. Maybe I should say. <laughs> <laughs> That's very possible. That happens. Okay. Too. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, hey, just give me a call. I, I, well, I'm going to that class uh, at the end of this in a couple of weeks here. And, nice. Yeah. Uh, I, won't, I won't be able to make it, but say hi to Pedro for me. Yeah, I, I will. I, I, it's, I'm just learning on this stuff. So I'm excited to to go actually get some real training and, and maybe that's, <laughs> that's a good question for, you know, the EPROM stuff's almost a separate topic, but even on the locksmith stuff, like you were saying, where do you go to learn this stuff? It's kind of tough to find information, isn't it? It is, man. I <laughs> see, I'm very adventurous, man, but I, I'm adventurous with some guys. Like I, I don't necessarily enjoy the frustration that comes with not knowing something and I'm very stubborn and I won't let up. So that's what's gotten me to where I'm at, but it's also, you know, during the time it's like, I, I still own a shop. I still, you know, I still have, you know, my day to day things to do. So it's, it's a little more difficult to be, you know, uh, to be wasting time researching and stuff. So classes definitely help, man. And, and I recommend, you know, I don't recommend, his the, uh, the prom classes they're just not for everybody because not a lot of us have that mentality like like for example um other mobile guys would have been like well just get the right one and i'll be back yeah <laughs> right but what's gonna happen when they stop making these components sure there's gonna be a market for it yep there's gonna be a, a market for for this i actually um I had my first successful PCM repair. I, I refloated a, a PCM on a 2004 uh, RAV4. Okay. I did some research and I found um, some great articles, some great like documents stating what goes wrong. And yeah, I, I found the, the transistors that had the cold solder joints that were cracking. And I just, I basically refloated them all of them. Yeah. And it, they worked. That's that's it's cool stuff to to get in there at the the board level and start looking at that stuff and actually find something. Yeah, it is it is you know and that that is um it is a whole other conversation, a whole other episode is uh, the EEPROM board level of stuff. But man, do I find it interesting? And if you're successful in some way, if you crack something open and you make something work, boy, that's a cool it's, feeling. <laughs> it, it's nice, but it. it even though it's it's a conversation, it's it's definitely something that um I feel that most of us, even if we have no interest in, I feel like we should know some basic prom skills if you want to deal with you know computers or all. At the end of the day, it's it's all what you want to do. If you want to hang parts, knock yourself out. But if you're in the electrical aspects of it, because me, it's always been like a why. Why these keys don't work? Why this works? Why this doesn't work? It's always been the why for me. And I got into, but that wasn't really why I got into keys. I got into keys for what I just told you. I mean, 120 bucks for diag, 140 bucks for programming. That's $260. And then another, let's say 80, maybe even 100 bucks you can get for the key cutting and program per se. You know, that's an extra 80, 100 bucks in your pocket. And you're there. There's, there's just nothing, there's no coming back. You made your money and you're on to the next one. Shop has his customer back on the road. Everybody wins. 
you know, I know there's a lot of, there's still a lot of division between a lot of locksmiths and, 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 and auto service techs. But again, I, I feel like a lot of locksmiths need to learn how to do more diag, a little more programming. I've, I've gone to many shops and I'm not calling anybody out. I'm not calling out locksmiths or service pro- professionals because there are people that are, I consider hacks or not informed every, in every aspect of our industry. How many calipers have you, how many times did you get a car that, oh, we did our own brakes, we installed our own calipers, we can't, can you just bleed it out and the calipers are installed on the wrong side? How many times <laughs> have you seen that? Yep. <laughs> so I'm not thinking on, on any locksmiths, but you know, 80% of the times when I go get a call to the shop and be like, oh, a locksmith said I need a computer and I get out there, it's a condition. Sure. And I've gained customers like that, even for keys. Like I'll, I, I have a, a lot of shops that will call me uh, for keys because they trust me because I'll go out there and I can tell them, hey, man, this is a commish. Hey, man, you have another problem here. Hey, man, this car isn't immobilized. Do you want me to continue? You want me to diagnose it or do you still want the key? So yeah. that's, a, that's a great benefit. Like it's it's actually pretty, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty cool to me that I can actually uh, work on another facet of the industry. And I, I feel like vehicle service pros are, are going to be very, very important in the next, you know, the next decade of automotive repair. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so many different modules, you need that LSID login for a lot of stuff now. And right. so that's, that's bringing us into all kinds of different things that were we it wasn't needed before but to have that multifaceted approach to a vehicle where like you said you can be called in for something you're a specialist in one area but <clears throat> hey there's an issue unrelated and you can now tackle that i mean that's i guess for mobile technicians that just makes you so valuable to be able to jump into another mode i go from programming to diagnostics and i can still take care of that issue um that's that's huge if you know multiple areas of the vehicle if you don't consider one area of the vehicle outside of your realm <laughs> you're going to be so much more valuable, even as just a normal tech in a shop too. If you're not doing mobile work, you're just a normal tech in a shop. You can just switch gears and figure out this problem instead of calling somebody else in. That's that's worth it to spend the time there to learn all that stuff. No, definitely, man. It's it's um it's not as bad as it used to be to get into the industry. It was when when. When the mo- when vehicles started becoming immobilized with transponder frequencies, and they started um, figuring out how to lock you out via pin codes, you know, et cetera. Um, those tools back in the day were not cheap, man. You know, so it, it it was expensive to be a locksmith. Honestly, I feel like you can get started being come being a locksmith for like I'd say under ten grand easily. But I I will say this, man. There's Obviously, at the end of the day, you get what you pay for. You know, um, every every tool, and this is it's a scan tool. You know, there's there's yeah, there's there's very expensive scan tools. I won't name that may not have functions as one, but processes and things are streamlined. Um, there's you know, for example, like well, I mean, I guess I will name. <laughs> you know, you can take a like me for example. I'm I don't hate scan tools. I just feel like every scan tool has its application. 
you know, I hate that Snap-on is so overpriced, but I love my Varus Edge. It's my one of my favorite scan tools. I love it. I absolutely love it. It's such a great tool. It's a powerful tool. I, I, I may not have the functions that I want from like, you know, let's say the, you know, cheaper launch, Nauto. Mm-hmm. But when I have that drivability problem kicking my butt, man, that Snap-on is right there. And that's to me, it's invaluable. I mean, you know, just the way it organizes pins, the way I can play them back, the way I can graph data. I mean, it's, it's, you don't need a various edge, but it's, you know, the scope is very competent if you know how to use it. Um, it's just a great tool. I, 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 I like it. I really like it a lot. Um, it's not my go to, but it's my go to for drivability. And I feel like um, key machines are the same. You know, you don't have to get a, uh, you don't have to spend a lot of money on a key on a key machine but the more you spend the easier your life is. so i mean you know keep that in mind like i bought i bought isaac's starter kit which came with um key diy xworks remotes xworks prox keys uh well my own uh like 10 of the most popular blades my key head so basically uh super um, bvx uh, vvdi super chips for those who don't know vvdi xworks is a company that makes a lot of locksmithing tools. Okay. Uh, VVDI is just one of their brands. So super chips are basically, you can take this chip and it, it emulates a lot of different frequencies. You can basically, and then you can rewrite them. So, you know, even let's say, for example, if you don't want to get into keys, you can just, they're great to have. You know, as long as you have some blades, you can make your own key and you can just program it to as many cars as you want. You can, you can go from a Toyota to a Ford to a Chevy change the blade i mean that's it's a it's a really good resource they're really good to have okay i mean i even programmed a couple you know fords before i did the locksmithing i had some super chips and i would just sell them to gotcha. the customer like, yeah, i gotta use this it's 30 bucks whatever um so okay so <clears throat> i want to go back to in case anyone's not familiar with isaac uh, can you just give me the rundown on him i i feel like <laughs> Anywhere you go on Facebook, Everybody someone's recommending him. He has good support and he has a network of support as well. And, you know, he also, he's, he's also a technician. So, okay. you know, he, he, he gets it, you know, but again, at the end of the day, it's like, he's, he sells the tools, he supports them as best he can. But I also feel like there's, it's, it's again, you get what you pay for. And there's, there's pros and cons to, to everything but there are two there's the two the two entry level cutters that i have in mind i have a dolphin okay the next horse dolphin and then there's the, the there's a mini condor uh condor mini one of those two i forgot i really forget what it's called but it's like the second it's a step above that one um pros and cons um the dolphin has a battery take that little mofo everywhere um the cons to that one is um, you need to have another device in their interface. So okay. like your cell phone, you can use your cell phone to operate the device. Some people don't mind. I don't like it too much. Um, that's just one more thing I have to worry about. Like is my phone charged, what if it died? Now I got to charge, you know, like it's, it's, you know how it is when you're in the field, man. Sometimes you just want to go. <clears throat> yep. Um, the other con is, Instacode doesn't work for it. Doesn't decode uh, cut numbers. Like, you know, for example, when you get a cut code from like, you know, from LS or from your, from a D1 form, um, it won't decode it. Okay. 
Yeah. So you need to you need to either have Instacode or you know a a buddy with a better machine can do it for you and get you the um, the bidding. Instacode is just like an application, or what? correct. It's just a program that'll just do the, do the. It will. It does more than that, obviously, but that's what you're using to to generate the the. I don't know how I'm pronouncing it right. The biting number of the key. Sure. So um, the Condor does that, but the but the Condor uh, does not have a battery. Okay, so you got to have an inverter in your van and all Correct. that stuff. Correct, you have an inverter and you mount it or whatever. But the Dolphin is so portable. Um, I I've never used a Condor. Like I said, my Dolphin is the one I've, I've used. It took me a couple dozen keys to get that thing tuned in. It the biggest disadvantage of both of those machines is the duplic the duplication process. It it once it's once you dial it in, it's it's fine. But it is. <clears throat> there's nothing like the old-fashioned side cutters for those keys, like the <clears throat> the machine that has a little wheel on it. Uh-huh. So there's nothing really like those keys to copy to to do an actual duplication. Yeah, I was going to ask: Is it easier to copy a key or to cut one from scratch from a code, or does it make a difference? It doesn't make a difference. I will say this: My Dolphin, the high security keys have all been excellent. <clears throat> okay. But for some reason. I've had a lot of difficulty with the with the with the you know regulars, you know double sided keys. What 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 is a high security key? How would you define that? High security keys, you know, um, the um, I, that's what I call them, the high security keys. But they're basically the they they call them they just a lot of people call them laser cut keys. Is that what the like the cut down the middle of the key Correct. where it's got uh yeah like, like a valley in the in in the blade? Correct. Those are those I call high security keys. Okay. Yeah. But that that dolphin tool that'll do both that. Do, and... It does both. It does okay. both. Um, right. But like I said, I I had to when you when you get yours, you'll see what I'm talking about. You're gonna have to really dial her in. Okay. And it took me a couple keys to figure out how to get her just right. Yeah, I, I suppose it's like anything else. You gotta right. <laughs> yeah, try a few times before you get it down. Yeah, there, then like I said, there's you know there's nothing to do about it. I mean, I know some guys that had them. They didn't have to do anything. Mine's I had I had to like to dial her in to get her right for, and it, and she does take a few minutes to cut a key. It's not as quickly as a as a side cutter and stuff. So there's definitely there <clears throat> there are pros and cons when when it comes to the keys and you know <clears throat> now you're talking about. If you want like the like a Gymkhana or a Triton, uh, some of the big boys, I think Ilko makes one. I mean, there's a is it Ilko? Yeah, I think it's Ilko. One of the key companies makes a makes their own uh, machine, but they're like in the five, six, seven thousand dollar range. So yeah, so it's going to depend on the the volume that you're actually mm-hmm. you're cutting. Right. How about the keys themselves? Uh, I know you mentioned the super chip thing, but mm-hmm. I mean, I, I suppose you just probably stock the brands you you mostly work on, what you normally see. But where, where do you order keys from? Well, in that starter kit that I got from Isaac, um, it came with the the, the heads. These they're just plastic heads that fit the super chip in them, and then you you smack in a blade in it, and you have a key. Okay, that's how I started. Because I know my market and I know people are cheap um, because of how diluted my market is. So I started with that. And um, 
but as kind of time progressed a little bit, I started noticing what I did need. And <clears throat> honestly, one of the best sources for keys that I've seen is uh, ILM Auto out of uh, Wilmington. They um they can get you keys very quickly. Um, there's other, I mean, there's a bunch of places here close to me. There's a, it's called Midwest Keyless. They have a lot of uh, a lot of great pricing on keys on OEM keys. Um, American Key Supply, International Key Supply. Actually, I got my IM from International Key Supply. Okay. So those are the Transponder Island Yellow Key Supplies. It's okay from what I've heard. I've never ordered from them, but those are mainly where I get my keys from. ILM, American Key Supply, Midwest Key Supply. Those are the my top three choices. One of the things that I've run into, because obviously I don't supply the keys myself yet, I'm, I'm working towards that, but I'll go to a shop where they purchase the key or they order a key, usually off eBay or Amazon or something. And boy, it looks exactly the same as the other key or, or the key that's supposed to be on that vehicle, but it does not work. And a couple of times I thought it was my equipment, you know, my programming yeah. equipment that couldn't match it up and I'm doing something wrong. And I do the research and I, you know, dig and dig and dig and find out, oh, this is just some cheap knockoff or even though it looks right, it's the wrong, I don't know, transponder ID right. or whatever it is. So that that's <clears throat> definitely been a challenge for me. So I feel like, yeah, if I'm going to stock my own stuff, I really got to do my homework on what goes to what, right? Or is there some resource that you can use for that? There are some manuals that you can purchase. Um, man, the names are escaping me. Um, there's a couple, I know there's some manuals you can buy. Um, they're a couple hundred bucks each. Okay. But I, I'll be honest with you, man. I've never bought any. What I do is, um, so this is uh, that's actually a very great question. Um, a very important tool that I think is very important to us. It's the uh, it's the VVDI Key Max Key Tool Max. Um, it's it actually reads and sniffs um, transponder frequencies. So for example, like you can even do a, an antenna test. You can see if the actual antenna is working. Um, you put in a you put in any key in it. It'll tell you what type of chip it is. Um, you know it's it's a great it's a great tool and it's perfect for that situation like let's say for example you go in and honda is very popular for this you can have the same key looks the same but the frequencies are different it will not work it will never it will never take yeah know, I, i've had that happen on a honda i'm like these are the same keys but they obviously weren't because it wouldn't work Right. So, no, and there's years where they're, they they change frequencies and they will not work. And so what I normally do is I'll, I'll if I have an issue like that, right? Well, first of all, you know, I've, I've had that situation before and I just tell them flat out, listen, man, I, um, we can't guarantee, I don't guarantee your keys, man. If I come out, it doesn't work. You're still paying me, man. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, cause it's, there's a possibility you got the wrong key. Oh no, it's the right one. You go out there and bam, you're right. So, you know, what I've done is, uh, so if I'm in that situation, I cut it, program it, it doesn't go. Okay, I take a few minutes, I read it. With the with the key tool, I look at my transponder number. I'm like, okay, cool. Now I go to like, for example, Midwest Keyless has a great app. You can just look up the 
the vehicle and then it'll give you all the options, the different keys, and it'll tell you which car took this one. That's a great resource in itself right there. Or like I said, you can buy one of these books um, that you can find on, on any any of the locksmith supplier sells, sells um, reference manuals when it comes to keys. Okay. Yeah, I can't remember the name of them, but they're I think they're like 300 bucks. I think I saw somebody uh, on Facebook talking about some app you could get on your phone too. That yeah, would... I'm pretty sure it's the Midwest Keyless app. It's okay. a great. It's a, it's a it's and you can even order them from there too. It's a great app. It really is. Okay. Um so I've run into this a couple times last I don't know 6 months or so. Uh, Chrysler keys. Um, one of them was the Fabic style where there's no actual blade. And then the other one actually did have a blade, but it had the remote uh, built into the blade where they would replace uh, the wind module or the skim module, whatever you call it. And the old keys would not program uh, to mm-hmm. the vehicle. And so I ended up having them get new keys in both situations. Is there a workaround around that or something you can do? I mean, because, I mean, technically their old key is still good. <laughs> you know, it, it still functions and, or it still turns the lock cylinder, but mm-hmm. I couldn't get it to program to the new module. So even though people have told me that I'm wrong, I'll be honest with you. Every WCM and every skim module I've ever done on any Chrysler, I've always needed a new key. So okay. I just tell them off the bat, you need a new key. Okay. Um, if there's been still- times where I haven't run it. Like it's the old one works, but obviously there's been times when it doesn't work. So I, I don't know what the deal is. All of them that I've ever done, I've always needed a key. All okay. Okay. Um, because Chrysler's, and what I've been told is Chrysler keys are one-time use. You know, like there's not like Nissan's or Ford's where you can just, you know, reprogram to different vehicles. No, these are just one and done. Um. I can't tell you about the fi- the remote head keys, like the little triangle keys. Yeah. With a blade, I can't answer that question because I I I'm just telling me a new one. I I I will err to the side of no. They're not reusable. Okay. But I'm not 100 percent sure. I'm pretty sure there's there's somebody else out there going to tell me I'm wrong, and it's possible. Now the 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 Fabic keys, those the the VVDI tool can actually renew those. Oh really? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's a, it's a little bit of, you know, work where you, you know, you solder a couple wires on there and then you can just renew it and okay. it'll take to any other car. Those will work. That, that you can do with that tool. Gotcha. So as long as, yeah, what your charge is, is uh, less than or equal to a new key, you could probably charge for that when you go out there then. Yeah. I mean, I, I would trust uh, those five keys are, are, they're pricey, man. So it's, it may be worth it for a couple minutes of your time, you know, charging okay. like 50 bucks or whatever. But the, um, because you can find them cheap all day long on Amazon, but I promise you those things don't work. So five, the aftermarket five keys are absolutely garbage. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's where <laughs> I've been. Um, heck, I was out at a 19 Buick Encore or something. And this guy was trying to do his own key. And oh boy, he he really went through it. He tried to do like some manual process that he read online and he messed something up because this thing now would not start with the original key. He was just trying to add one. And so I tried to add this key and it was not happening and it looked identical. And we actually cracked it open. We looked at the board and it looked very similar, but I was like, 
dude, this ain't happening. So he went, he paid the like, I, I don't know, it was like 300 bucks for a new one from GM. And then that one worked. That one just went right through the program. So yeah, these aftermarket keys you get off eBay or Amazon, boy, it's just rolling the dice. And you can have better luck with the keys from, um, you know, like ILM, UHS, uh, uh-huh. AKS, you know, AKS. But your, your average shop or customer is probably not buying them from there, I would guess. Exactly. And you do have better luck, but I will always say, man, it's just, it's just definitely better just to go OEM all the way. Yeah, because you do even with them, you'll you you'll still run into some sort of fitment issue. You can still run into something that it'll it'll make you go nuts. So it, it really always is better to go OEM and um, yeah, like like the late model GMs too. I I have seen a couple of the aftermarket ones not not be right. I don't know what it is either. I and I I generally just try to steer them away from doing it because, like I said, I late model stuff. I'm I'm in the programming range. I charge for like an actual programming event. So it's mm-hmm. not going to be cheap. So and I go out there, I'm still, they're still getting charged. So yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I basically you better have the right buying. stuff. <laughs> I actually sell them. I actually just sell them the OEM key myself. I just tell them, Hey, this is what I'll charge you key and everything. Well, and that's, yeah, that's probably the best way to handle it is yeah. I will sell you the key. I can guarantee it's going to work. Here's the cost. Otherwise, uh, and a lot of these bacon. a lot of these places have access to overnight shipping too man so just give them an extra day and you know your overnight is pretty it's very very uh competitive and they really do do a good job of getting you these keys quickly um so you mentioned the key tool max i i had just gone through a quick list of tools that you know work with either key programmer mobilizer um i think we talked about the mm-hmm. im the autel stuff I've heard people talk about the AutoPad Pro or yeah. I don't know if it's AutoPad Lite or what. There's a couple, there's a, there's a couple of, of them. There's a Pro and there's a Lite. Auto okay. Pro Pad. Do you know anything about those? Yeah, I have not I have, used either one. I have, the, I have the Lite. Okay. Yeah, I have the Lite and Pedro has the the uh, the Pro. Um, I'll be honest with you, man. I, I'm a creature of habit. Um, I bought it and I've only used it for Ford's. Okay. Uh, which is, you know, something I don't really recommend either because it's anytime you do anything. So, so, for example, I'm sorry. The biggest uh, um, part I enjoyed about the APP is that on a lot of, on a lot of the older Fords, it would bypasses the 10-minute wait. Okay. So, um, it's, it's a neat feature, you know, like, hey, man, 10 minutes is 10 minutes, dude. I got to go. So, but, you know, anytime you do anything backdoor, there's always that situation where you end up, you know, breaking a cluster or oh. something. So, you know, buyer beware. <laughs> gotcha. But that's that's realistically the main reason why I, I picked it up. And But it's a very competent tool. I mean, I've I've programmed a bunch of different the user. It's 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 fairly inexpensive, but it's not as intuitive as the auto in terms of uh, in terms of the, the um uh the user interface gotcha but it's a, it's a powerful tool the uh, bigger tool has a lot of eprom stuff man a lot of readers uh, a lot of different uh options files in the tool it also has a, like for example uh it has a lot of toyota files as well in it yeah, it just comes with the tool files the mm-hmm. tool with those files that's that's right. interesting yeah it's a it's definitely a good tool i mean i it's not it's definitely not my to go but that just may be my own you know preference 
But like I said, my 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 six oh eight is my 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 go to tool for okay. pretty much anything. It's just such a versatile tool. I, I do diag. Um, I, I've never used the I used the J box for it a few times, but I've I've grown to have most of the OEM interfaces now, so I don't even use it anymore for J. But it's a great J box, man. I mean, it's it's I've never had any issues. I mean, shoot, I I think I I said it in one of the podcasts that I did uh, an Infinity. PCM using nerves. Oh yeah, <laughs> with uh, with that J box. Okay. So I'm uh, I, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with with the purchase. It's probably been one of my best my best purchases. Yeah, I have the 508. You just because I bought that because I I didn't need the diagnostic side of things, but I've I've loved the mobilizer side of that tool. Um, and then I got the XP 400, so I can do some of the programming stuff with it which i'm still learning but the the functionality of the tool has just been awesome and yeah it's weird so that one will skip the 10 minute wait on certain forwards but not other forwards and like i did one today and it went the whole 10 minutes and then it told me it failed i'm like oh come on you couldn't you just tell me it failed right away and i would have used that that's that's the so you so you have an app what's that do you have an app or are you talking about the im the I am uh, the five hundred eight. I was oh, using that. I had bad luck with with Fords with the auto man. I don't. I don't even really. I did really... a fusion the other day and it just went boop. Parameter reset. Yeah. I was like, sweet. And like you say, ten minutes doesn't seem like a big deal oh. when you can go do something else. But when I'm at yeah. a job and I can't do anything else, ten minutes is a long time. Yeah. No. So I, I haven't used their new functions. So maybe they maybe I should start playing with it a little bit more. But from what I've what I what I remember now, which ones is usually the ones where security is stored in the cluster. That's the, is the one that you can do. That you can do. Oh, okay, okay. But if they're stored like you. in the PCM, then no. Or if they're stored in the BCM, like some of the newer fours, then I don't don't grant don't don't take this as a grain uh, take it with a grain of salt. But I'm pretty sure that it's just a just just the fours that have cl- the security the pets in the in the cluster. Okay, that it'll right. bypass the ten minute wait. Gotcha. And there's other, there's, you know, our, an array of, of tools. Um, I just feel like people need to do their research and see what, what fits their, what they're trying to do. Yeah. You know, yeah. Honestly. I mean, for your, for your average technician, I guess that's a question is how far you want to go with this. Um, I mean, if you're already calling in a mobile pro- programming guy, you know, maybe this isn't something you want to look at, but if you're doing some of this stuff, boy, you'll need, you'll need some tool, at least that's going to function on the brands that you service the most. It's going to make your life a lot easier. I think to have, (laughs) have some options. Um, Even if you're not cutting keys, but programming stuff, once you get them cut. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And you know, there is, there is a lot out there. I mean, but anybody who's, you know, on social media and stuff, you know, you can, there's a lot of information on, on, on these Facebook groups, man, a lot of trolls, of course, but there's definitely, you know, people out there willing to help. And, um, it's, um, it's definitely a good time to, this is the best time, in my opinion, to, to jump into the to VSP side of the locksmithing side of the industry. There's so much help. I mean, I, I've always been kind of like the type to learn on my own. So, you know, there's, 
I have there's a but there's a I have a network of friends that are that I'm learning from and they learn from me as well and that's also very uh you know very very important to to do networking and it'll it'll actually help you with the fear of 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 doing uh keys or getting into this type of stuff because yeah I mean I'm not gonna lie I mean you you're gonna learn what to do and what not to do and it, sometimes it's not gonna be pretty but <laughs> it's just it's the nature of things yeah yeah having uh a group of people to fall back on for like help. I messed this up. What do I do? That's uh, <laughs> it's good to have <laughs> some people in your corner for sure. Definitely, um, man. But yeah, all the information out there, boy, just yeah, do some searching, do some, uh, some Googling or some searching in some groups. And it's amazing. The, the Facebook group, the search bar that they added to Facebook groups. I mean, that's, that's a powerful tool that I don't think a lot of people even realize exists. <laughs> no, not, not at all, man. <laughs> you, can see, you can tell by some of these posts, yeah. like, which is the best scan tool, bro? <laughs> Type it in the stupid search bar, man. This is this is this topic uh, has been beat to death. Yeah, it, it it's not like it takes a whole lot of effort to do that too. Like to <laughs> my, search my favorite, something. <laughs> my favorite posts are. I have five hundred dollars. Which is the best cancel I should buy? And I'm just like Jesus Christ. <laughs> or yeah. or like the um, uh, what's the best all-in-one scan tool? And I'm just like, geez, man, you're in the wrong industry, homie. <laughs> yeah. Or it's like the 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 SI post, like, oh, what's the best? I can only afford one service, one one SI subscription. Which one is it gonna be? And I remember exactly. before I knew better, I actually got into a, like a Facebook argument with somebody in one of the groups about, I'm like, you need, you need them all and, and, and some. <laughs> yeah. Even all of them you know, probably won't at, do it at for one you. Point I had all data Mitchell and Identifix and, um, and still like sometimes you, I find myself buying Toyota or buying Honda or buying Nissan yep. Ford, G, or GM. And I remember the argument was, well, I can only afford one. I'm like, well, do you work without electricity? Do you work without, you know, water? Do you work without heat? No. Well, it's the same thing, dude. If you can't, you can you cannot afford to not have, you have to have service information. I don't care what you're doing. Yep. One of, one of my, my mobile customers too, um, he wanted, he wanted me to try to bail him out on, on a 2005 uh, S430 they put it, they slapped a, a used trans in it. And of course it doesn't shift. And so he's, he's telling me, Hey, what do I do? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, I mean, there's, there's, there's possibilities, but the official procedure is you need a new, a new conductor plate or get a reman one. And I can, I can SC encode it for you. And it's X amount of money. He's like, yeah, but the customer's pissed because this and that, there's nothing you can do. I'm like, well, why don't you just, and look it up in information and he thought i was i was uh he thought i was talking shit but i didn't remember that he'd asked me the same question oh okay when i, I did a, i did a job for my programming job and then he asked me about service information which one do you recommend i said i need all of them and then he's going back and forth oh no but it's expensive blah, blah. i'm like well you you can't i mean you need them i mean i don't i don't know what to tell you bro you just you need service information so when I told him this, I'm like, he thought I was just mocking him because oh. I had said that previously. And I'm like, did you look it up on service information? He's like, he's like, well, no, because I don't have any. 
And I know what you're going to tell me. I'm just like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you know, whatever, dude, it's the truth, man. If you want to take it that way, man, it's the truth. There's nothing I can help you with, man. If anything, yeah. take the take the old valve body out and put it in the new one. But the problem is your your issue most likely is the valve body. So your your conductor plate is junk. You just need a new one, bro. I don't know what more. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are some options, but the procedure is you need to replace it. And you, if you would have had service information, you could have told this before you took the car down. And they they tried swapping it over <laughs> because the customer was mad and he broke it. And now it doesn't come. <laughs> oh, hey, man. man, it sounds like a you problem, bro. Yeah, yeah. Um, boy, well, <laughs> I've definitely seen a number of shops create their own issues for sure. To save uh, customers money. I, well, the, yeah, that's the thing. That uh, and, you know, I get it. You want to treat people right. But your 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 first goal should be fixing the car. Let's fix the car. And I, then, yeah, maybe if you can save them some I money. I got into... Uh, uh, a, not an altercation, but like a verbal back and forth with another trans shop because he stuck me in the middle of an argument between the, the vehicle owner and himself. <laughs> I and I just I don't was, want to talk to the yeah, customer. I'm like, Dude, I, I don't talk to your customers, man. I'm like, <laughs> but it looks like the customer was another shop, so the guy was just kind of going back and forth. Oh. So finally, like, um, because I'm standing there and I'm like, hey, man. Am I doing this or not? So what it was to give you some backstory, it was a newer S class. Um, I, I guess the guy had did this before where he swapped something in it or whatever. But when he took this part, this this conductor plate down or this valve body down, it was totally different because it's newer, and ended up getting a reman one. What he didn't know is that these reman ones, um, they're a real piece of shit. Like they have coding in them and you have to do all these extra steps or you have to get the solenoid strategy through like companies like blue link. And it's a lot, it's a lot of money to program. So when he told me it was just coding for it, like he replaced it. I told him, is it a, is it a new one? He's like, yeah. But when I, when I sell you a new one, I would hope you as a transmission guy knew that I was talking about a new one from Mercedes, not a new for you from (laughs) Chang Wang's, you know, <laughs> yeah. re- remanufacturers out in California or something. So I get there and I got all these configuration errors and stuff like that. And I, I pretty much told them, Hey man, I, I don't think I can help you here, dude. There's something wrong with this module. It's flagging, you know, all these codes. And that for me, from my experience usually means that the coding in the module is wrong. So that means I don't even know what this came off of. You know, I can try the SCN event, but it's going to cost you, dude, because it's my time and everything. And that's when the customer came over because I guess um, he had him come there so he can pay me. He didn't want to pay me on his pocket. That's when okay. he comes over and then they start arguing. And I'm listening to this and the 10 minutes go by and I'm like, hey, man, if we're not doing this, bro, then I'm out. I got, I got stuff to do, bro. Yeah. Like, um, and then like, like, then the guy's like, oh, well, how are you going to charge me if it's not going to work? I'm like, well, that's why I'm telling you right now. You want me to do it or not, man, because I got to go. And now he's getting loud with the other guy. Because, see, man, this guy told me one price, and he tells me another, and blah, blah, blah. And then he says to me, man, can't you do anything? I said, no, man, this ain't my problem. Right. Well, matter of fact, this is your problem. And matter of fact, the customer is right. He should be mad at you. He's like, how is this my fault? I said, you're the trans guy, homie. Like, that was in the ghetto, man. So I, I started getting all ghetto, too, man. You're the trans guy, bro. Your fault, honestly was not telling him to go get this thing from Mercedes. 
You yep. knew better than this. Why are you trying to save him money? I said it to his face too. What are you trying to save him money for? And he's like, he's like, bro, he didn't even tell me. He was just like, this is how much it's going to cost you. And I said, okay, cool, fix it. He's like, I'm a mechanic too. I have my own shop. I just don't do transmissions. So I ended up, I, I actually ended up um, helping the 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 other guy, the owner of the vehicle, okay. actually fix this fix this situation. I ended up I ended up helping him out with it, like down the road, because I ended yeah. up doing. I did the coding, and of course, it failed. I collected my money and I left. Yeah. So I, I don't I, I don't understand. It. I really don't. I never will. I, well, I think a lot of us in this field have figured out early on that. Yeah, trying to help somebody get in the cheap part. Let's put a used transmission in or something. Just burns us as the person fixing the car. And then, I don't know, hopefully quickly you realize that that's not the way to go. You don't want to put your name on something like that or remand or whatever it is. And Yeah, I don't. Uh, just, I, just, just do it right. But, boy, I'll tell you what. Being mobile, I so enjoy dealing with the shop as opposed to dealing with <laughs> the actual customer. Now, in your situation, that obviously wasn't the case, but most of the time, boy, it is so much nicer dealing with someone who understands the industry as opposed to someone who you has no idea about it. So I'll tell you this. I, as I'm going, as I've gone mobile and had bad issue, had bad experiences with some shops, I, I liken this to... This is my analogy of mobile versus retail. You come in, you come into my shop as a retail customer. I feel like I need to talk to you like a child. Oh, this is what we have to do. This is why we have to do it. This is why we have to charge you, et cetera, et cetera. When I go to somebody's shop, I feel like I'm talking to a teenager because it's the same thing. I'm still talking to a child, but this child talks back to me <laughs> because he thinks he knows more than I do. And sure. then it's just like, well, then why'd you call me, homie? If you know more than I do, what'd you call me? Oh, I don't have that tool. Okay, here you go, bro. Fix it. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me see your tool. <laughs> you know, so that's that's where that's my comparison. I feel like they both have their separate sets of issues. Um, the issue I've been having is uh, misdiagnosis and them not wanting to pay. Um, I've had a few shops where. Um, uh, they they didn't want to pay for the programming event because the car didn't start. And I'm like, hey man, yeah, <laughs> I, it's not my. I did my job and right. we'll prove it. I'm like, well, here it is. There's no limo codes. Your car's not starting. Yeah, well, what's wrong with it? You're, aren't you the mechanic? <laughs> Got me a diagnosis. This amount of money. And so you know, like I said, usually I I mean I've I've never not gotten paid, but you know it just makes you like uh kind of like ah oh, I don't want to deal with this. And I get, yeah. a, I don't know, I don't know if you've ever gotten that, but I get that a lot, man. I, I get that a lot. I, I I don't get it very often, so I guess I consider myself lucky. There is, um, yeah, most of the because that happens all the time where I go. I mean, honestly, that's where I get most of my diagnostic business is. I get my foot in the door with programming, and I'll program something and it doesn't fix it, and I'm like, "Do you want me to figure it out?" And then they're. Most of the time, not always, but most of the time, they're happy to just say, yeah, I'm done with this car. Just tell me what's wrong with it. <laughs> and then I charge them for the programming and the diagnostic. But um, there have been times where that's not the case. We're like, were you sure you did the programming right? Well, how do you know? I'm like, 
Well, it said it passed. Here's the screen. Here's the printout. That's it. It's from GM, you know? (laughs) Yeah, it's so sad, dude, that you have to actually have all these redundancies in place to just have proof that, yeah, I did my job. Right. You know, it's, 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 um, it's a headache too, man. That's the part that I hated about mobile is, is, it's that, um, and I, it's, it just really, it really, what really irritates me is just these shops and mechanics. I consider them heartless to a point, man, because like me, for example, in my shop, I don't do exhaust work. Like I don't specialize in exhaust work. I don't have a pipe bender. I don't have a welder. I don't, I'll, I'll replace components, but most of the times around me when the rust built, this mm-hmm. is, you know, cheaper and easier to just get somebody, a, a muffler shop to just custom yep. do some exhaust for you. And you're done, right? Well, I don't do that. I don't know how to weld. I'm not going to learn on your car. So it's the same thing I tell these guys. I'm like, if you don't know how to diagnose a vehicle, then why are you offering it? Right. So in that aspect, I, I just get, I get really frustrated because it's like, it's the reason why our industry is in the shape that it is. And then I get frustrated with myself because I'm like, I'm helping you to stay open. <laughs> that so that it's is definitely a catch 22, man. Yeah. It's, okay and boy that that is a tough one it's been talked about by other people before is are the mobile technicians just propping up shops that should fail um and and yeah in a way okay yeah. i went to a shop today that replaced the pcm and i programmed it and it still had all the circuit codes that were there before and it was a fuse okay you know, I know, I know that they charged the customer for the PCM and the programming and whatever else that went into that car. I know they did, and they're going to keep on doing it tomorrow. It it, it definitely, boy, it, it it is tough to see. You know, <laughs> what people you know shops charge for diagnostics out well, there. That's my problem. I don't have my shops don't. And then my problem with diet with mo I got to a point this summer, I wanted to stop doing mobile diag because I fix. Sometimes it's I get there, it's junkyard parts, it's new part, it's new junk parts, it's yeah. Um, uh, or I I diagnose it and I tell them it's this. They call me back and they're like, "Oh, my parts no good." I go back over there because now I feel like an asshole because I misdiagnosed their car. And guess what? It's their junkyard part that doesn't work. And now it's it's an issue because I want to charge for my trip again. Right. You see, so that's that's been my issue. And it got like I said, I got I had like a, a three week span where it was just like I'm tired, man. I I fired a shop because I went I went and diagnosed the bad fuse box on a on a cruise that wouldn't start. It was the, the ground side of the relay wasn't wasn't contacting the, the, the actual start relay right. No MO codes. He he wanted actually he wanted me to give him a key. Okay. You know, I started with a scan, nothing. So okay, do you have a, another issue? You want me to diagnose it or you still want this key? Okay, no, just um diagnose it. I'll pay for the diagnosis. Okay. I found that. Got my money and I left. He calls me pissed off. Man, hey, man, the car still doesn't start. You know, I paid you and it's still not like he's, you know, all right, man, no problem. I've actually, matter of fact, I'll cancel my last appointment and I'm going to go there right now. I get there, junkyard part, 
and um again i start with a scan a bunch of circuit codes and stuff i'm like what the hell's going on here so i go back i yanked the starter relay and it, and it looks like he found this part on the bottom of lake michigan <laughs> like it's green it's corroded so i go i'm like where's the other fuse box man he gives me the fuse box i take that relay i put it in i go and i turn it over the car the car car strength cranks and they'll start i said hey man I got this car to start yesterday. I grounded this. I, I grounded this relay. It started. He's like, "What else did you do?" He's like, well, "I don't know." Well, your fuse book must be bad. And he just threw his hands in the air and walked away from me. So I'm like, "Well, what do you want me to do?" He said, "Well, you said that was was wrong with it." So I start like I take another few minutes. I cool off, and I like press it. For, I don't know why I pressed the fuse box, and then I heard a bunch of clicks. I, like, so then I, I, I grabbed the screws. You know how GM has those long screws for the fuse boxes? They were all loose. <laughs> I call him over. Hey, man, this, this isn't tightened, bro. He's like, oh, I left it loose because I knew I had to take it back off because I didn't think you, 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 you fixed it right. And I said, hey, man, I go, you're going to have to pay me for my trip, bro. Yeah. And he's like, what do you mean? I said, your part is bad. I go, you made me come out again. I canceled an appointment to come here. I yeah. go, I'm, you need to pay me again. And he just refused. So I said, don't call me again. And I yeah. just left. I actually should have left with the keys, man, but I don't have the heart to do that. I was just like, whatever, you're going to need me. And yeah, dude, that guy called me and called me all summer long. And I'm like, nope. I don't. He's like, oh, I'll pay you whatever. Mm-mm, nope. Keep it. Yeah. Yeah, it is tough to see <laughs> what's, what's going on out there uh, in, in a lot of shops. And I, I guess here's here's my thing is obviously I think we all know that not all shops are like that right there there are good shops with really good technicians they're probably not the one calling us as much you know maybe occasionally but not as much so we really get to see the bottom but boy I'll tell you what these bottom shops are freaking busy they are their lots are full of people who want their cars fixed so. Oh man. I, today I my um I had an employee that used to work with me and he works for a shop down the street. He called me over to look at uh an Equinox and it had um I had a regulator, I had a you know high high pressure fuel pump regulator circuit codes, it had exhaust codes. In my head, I'm like, man, these people probably put an engine in this one on one. I said, All right, man, I'll run over there and check it out. Parking lot's full. He's like, Man, we we're super busy. And my shop's kind of dead right now. Okay. Mobile stuff is fairly busy, but my shop is kind of on the dead side. But anyway, um, I um, I look at it and I go, all right, start, start my scan and a bunch of codes. And anybody mess with it? He's like, no, you know, the boss just said to call you because he didn't want to waste time. Um, okay, so I go into it. I hear the the the, the regulator. I hear I hear the pump whining. I was whining. I look at fuel pressure. It was like 2,000 PSI. I'm like, well, what's going on here? So I I put my hand on it, and I accidentally, like, moved the connector. It was it was halfway in. <laughs> but I plug it in. I do a couple more testing. So it just it really just needed uh, the, what's it called? The uh, It's escaping me right now. The, the, the actuator solenoids. Sure. The exhaust one was stuck in. Um, and, uh, the regulator was unplugged. That's it. That's all. That's all I needed. And I was there for 10 minutes. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, 
when the stuff like and they were happy. They were, the guy was happy as can be. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I you take the good with the bad. But yeah, the guy was busy as as heck. Yeah. You know, but we would never call nobody for something like that. I mean, it's it's just visual. Like I said, I popped the hood, I put my hands on it, it was in my hand. So it's you know, like like yeah. wow, it's just. If okay, so I go back to my days in Firestone, and if I would have called in, you know, a specialist for something like that, I think I would have gone home and like questioned my career. Like, should I really be doing this? <laughs> you know, I called in the guy for a loose ground or a fuse, or you know, and I guess it's not to shit on anybody that's that's doing this and learning. Obviously, you got to grow, but man, I don't know. Take some. Take some pride in <laughs> the fact that you call yourself a technician and put some effort into this. Go learn something. Take some training. Maybe if you're listening to this podcast, you are. But, oh, man, <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy out there, bro. It really is, man. But, you know, in the meantime, yeah, I feel like I'm doing industry disservice. I really do. But at the same time, man, I, I got to get paid. <laughs> That's right. There is a lot of money to be made if you can fix cars. Yeah. And you can do electrical and computer stuff. People will pay you. <laughs> yeah. So to everybody that's out there, man, uh, that wants to get into clocksmithing and stuff, man, I suggest you you look up Isaac. Or you can look up, you know, David Friend at ILM. Um, those two guys are, are really awesome. They'll help you out. Um, at the end of the day, man, I think that you know, we all should be in this together. Um, not people will agree with me. And, oh, and I promise you, man, I'm going to get shit for some of the stuff I said on, on the podcast. But at the end of the day, man, things don't change, things die. So, I mean, I think we should move forward. And, um, you know, when it comes to, uh, to to the actual key stuff, man, I'm telling you, it's, it's you'll, you'll learn real quick what's, what's what, um, what works for you. So, don't be afraid, man. If you guys are mobile and want to get into keys, man, you should do it. Cool. And wow. also, uh, the EEPROM class, man, I, I don't know if that class is sold out, but there's a couple of dates um, uh, coming up, man. So you guys should reach out to Mike Christopherson or Pedro DeLatorre, man. That's a, I mean, Dave, uh, that first class that I went to uh, for that, that Mike hosted in South Dakota, man, it was it was game changer for me, man. It gave me. It may not, I knew a lot of this stuff. I just didn't have the confidence. I walked away with confidence. There is no price tag on that. Yeah. Well, I can say I haven't even been to the class yet, but all the stuff, uh, they send you a kit beforehand and you do all this work and there's a packet with all this information and online training and you do some soldering and stuff beforehand. I already feel more confident about it. And I haven't been to the class yet, so I'm I'm pumped for in a couple of weeks when I go. Yeah, man. Unfortunately, I, I something came up with me, um, um, so I, I I can't make it. You know, my I don't know a lot of my Facebook friends know my my old man passed away, so you know, fortunately, times sorry have, to hear that. I think times got a little tough for me, man. So hopefully, um, if you like the class and you want round two, uh, we're working on hopefully having a, a class here in Chicago sometime in the early spring. Well, maybe you come back on down, man. I might just drive on down there. That's a that's a short haul for me. All right, man. Come on through, man. Well, we awesome. got you here. Cool. All right. That's going to do it for this one. I'd like to 
give Tommy one more big thank you for coming on the show with me today. I uh, really enjoyed that talk and learned quite a bit as uh, obviously I'm working my way towards getting more involved into keys than I have been in the past. But uh, i also like to thank everybody for listening and remind you to check out the show notes for this episode and I'll have links to a lot of the tools that we discussed and talked about in case you'd like to go purchase some of these for yourself. But other than that, let's get out there, start fixing the world one car at a time.